Hi, and welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Felt. A cancer diagnosis is one of the hardest slap in the face imaginable. All of a sudden, you have to become an expert in cancer and its treatments because your life depends on it. Oncologists, family and friends are pushing you towards chemo, radiation, surgery, yet you feel there are additional solutions out there. You don't feel confident in that only traditional therapies will take care of it. You may, as I have, seen family or friends quickly go downhill from harsh medical treatments. There is a better way. I invite you to listen to stories from real people fighting cancer successfully through powerful, integrative, and holistic methods. Learn what they did. This is my gift to you to make the learning curve less steep after your diagnosis. The information this podcast could save your life as it has others. Well, Dr. Michelle Dawson, it's, it's such a such a pleasure to have you on this segment of Integrative Cancer Solution with Dr. Carl Felt. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure for me and an honor to be here with you. Well, th- this is going to be such a powerful discussion. I mean, because we we're, uh, have an audience and they're struggling with with either cancer, they're concerned about getting cancer, maybe they're post-cancer treatment, then they just don't want to have it occur again. And and we always look for root causes and we you know try to figure out, you know, why was there to start with. And obviously, you know, that is the key is to to resolve those issues, you know, whether it's nutritional, you know, toxic or you know, pathogens, but also emotions and feelings and traumas you know, play a huge role. You are the director of the Recall Institute here in, in or Recall Healing here in the, in America and also the vice president, I think, internationally as well. Yes, yes. I, I'm co-director for International Recall Healing and, and the director for Recall Healing in the United States. That's so so tell me a little bit about recall healing. What what is that? So recall healing is, uh, you know, this comes from my dissertation when I was trying to just make a little, you know, a little elevator speech. Uh, it is it's really the uh, mind body medicine practice, and it really helps people to connect the things that they've experienced in their life, what they've processed in their mind and what's going on in their body. And we look for the root causes, just like what exactly what you do and just maybe a little different way of kind of going about to to find those root causes and and to know so that people don't have to be scared of cancer. That is, you know, my goal to help people to really have that understanding that it really is mind body medicine and that our body is not rebelling against us. And so when I ask patients, you know, I, I always ask them, what, what do you think caused this cancer? And then they, you know, give, give certain reasons, you know, that they consciously could figure out. I mean, is, is that as deep as we need to go or can we go deeper to really understand what is the cause? Well, one of the, the the founders of Total Biology, so Recall Healing is based on German New Medicine by, from Dr. Homer and from Dr. Sabah with Total Biology. Well, Dr. Sabah said that what, that that very question, it's like sickness is like an iceberg and the tip of the iceberg is what they say. And so whatever they say is true, but that's in their awareness. Beneath that waterline, there's a lot of other things that can be looked at and kind of dissected and analyzed 
And that will bring the waterline down and bring more into the awareness. And then it doesn't become this date with destiny or this repeating pattern that the person becomes more aware of these root causes in order to help them to resolve them, you know, permanently. And and what could be some of these things that are underneath the waterline that, that people don't even consider? So we look at, so there's three levels that we look at. The first level is what we call the, the life experiences um, based on when we become independent, including food, shelter, and clothing. We call this the cycle of autonomy. So everybody has kind of a different cycle of autonomy. Mine is I left to be become married at 20 years and five months. And so every my brain, uh, you know, we all have this, that it, it creates this blueprint. And so everything that happens between zero and 20 years and five months ends up repeating in the next 20 years and five months and the next 20 years and five months all the way till we're 200 because we give people a long, happy life. <laughs> and so the good, the bad and the indifferent, we don't pay attention really to the good or even the indifferent. It's the bad, the hard, the painful that repeats over and over again. So if there's something that happens at two years old, then at four and six and eight and all the way through a person's life, these events can can repeat. Sometimes it's in our awareness that there's a pattern. Sometimes it it's we say it's real, imaginary, symbolic, and virtual. And so we don't, it's the same feeling, but it's not always exactly the same. So there might be a death in one cycle and then a divorce in another cycle. Same feeling, but a different experience or getting fired or, you know, um, anything that would would cause that kind of feeling. And so we look at the, the life experiences. Then we, we drop a little bit deeper into the waterline and we look at what's called the project purpose. This is the 18 months before we're born. So that's nine months before conception that everything that has happened for an individual that goes into the ovum and to the semen. And then, you know, it's carried. So when mom and dad haven't resolved certain things, that's in the ovum and the semen. And then they come together. And what is that conception like? Is it a good experience? Is it, you know, a desired, let's make a baby because so many of us don't come from that experience. And so, and then what is, what is it like when people find out that they're pregnant? And what is the pregnancy like? And what is the birthing experience like? And what is the first year of life like? You know, I, I I think of it this way. God gave me kind of a fun project purpose story where my mom was super traumatized and she was given up for adoption when she was, uh, I think she was only a couple of days old, but she wasn't adopted until she was two. And so she was in 13 different foster homes, had all kinds of trauma, really wanted to choose death by suicide for much of her life and ended up being sexually abused and all kinds of things. And then with my father, it wasn't the greatest of circumstances. And I was conceived in a car and, you know, like the whole nine yards. And so, so, but what's great is that my mom, she prayed that I'd be a girl because for her, a girl was going to save her life. So it wasn't until, I mean, I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to help people stay alive. But, you know, once I started putting boundaries with mom and realizing it wasn't my job to actually keep her alive and but but realizing, wow, 
I'm in recall healing and I help people stay alive. So that's part of my project purpose, this little message that I have carried for much of my life. And then I've been married three times. The first is, and she named me Michelle for the Beatles song. And, and so my first husband was George. My second husband was John and I live in Georgia and I was teasing and and saying, oh, okay, I'm finally done. And I've moved on to the gospel writers, my third husband, which is thank God for recall healing because it's wonderful. And his name is Mark. And so one of my clients said, or my student came to me one time and she said, Um, Mark Chapman killed John Lennon. And I'm like, oh, no, but, you know, it's we think that we choose, but we have all of this manifested in our life as this little message that we grow up with. And it's kind of like this invisible loyalty, we say. It's like mom and dad have these problems. The psychological suffering of the parents becomes a biological solution in the children. And so many of us who have become doctors, we've had ancestors that have died or there hasn't been enough medicine or they died of of different things. And so that programs doctors, you know, to to grow up. And here we are. And then we look a little bit deeper into the waterline and we look at what's called the ancestor syndrome. And there was a woman, a psychologist, French psychologist by the name of Anne Anselin Schutzenberger. And she would, when she would look at a person's, you know, genealogy, she would do their family tree. And she started noticing that children with birth order numbers one, two, and three, they were separated from each other. But when you looked in the ancestry, there was all these patterns. And it was literally the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So children with birth order numbers one, four, seven, ten, they carry all the same unfinished business. So she would find depression, early death, you know, different, the same kind of profession that they go into. And then the two, five, eight row and the three, six, nine row. And so that when, when I work with someone, this is the puzzle that we build together based on what they've experienced, based on their ancestors and based on what's happened in their project purpose to give us a deeper understanding about the really true root causes of why they have a cancer. Yes, <laughs> exactly what you're saying is, I mean, we're like icebergs. We we have just a little tip of, of consciousness that we're aware of and what's going on and, and not recognizing everything that is subconscious or that we're not aware of that's really impacting yeah, you know, our life, our our you know what we think about ourselves, and then also the diseases that we that that come about. So yeah. and and so you you mentioned like twenty years and five months. Is that the same cycle for everyone? Twenty years and five months? No, it's just my cycle because I became independent. But you know, if somebody has, they leave at eighteen years old, and you know, we do look at the 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 year and the month that when we're independent of our parents, including food, shelter, and clothing. But my mom, for instance, who was given up for adoption at a day, her cycle of autonomy is a day. So every day she experiences some form of abandonment. And so throughout her life, and as she has been become more aware of it, she can give it back to mom and dad, and she doesn't have to take it on anymore, and she doesn't want to choose death by suicide anymore. So it's really beautiful. Once you bring it into the awareness, it truly can break the pattern. 
80% is just about bringing it into the awareness. That's incredible. So, and then also you were talking about the kind of the preconception and, and, and people don't really understand how important that is. Yeah, because obviously, like you're mentioning, the the emotions and and where the parents are prior to, and I I tell you know parents to be how important it is nutritionally to be ready. You know how important it is to get rid of heavy metals and and you know have all the nutrients you need to carry a healthy baby, but the emotional you know baggage and the emotional terrain yeah you know, becomes such a key as well. And so to really understand that if you are wanting to step in to become a mother and a father, like you said, it, it, it's, it's a programmed in the semen as well. You know, Absolutely. What, yeah. Yes. So that, that's, that's really fascinating. So how do, how do people, so bringing this into awareness, I mean, how, how is that done? How, how can people do that? So we literally sit down and do the, the timeline. So, so zero when you're born to whenever you leave your home to become independent, this becomes literally the roadmap. And so when you write it out on the paper and your brain starts to see, oh my gosh, this happened, this happened, this happened all in link or, or this happened, but there's a gap because I, I hear very frequently, Oh, I, I don't have a very good memory. Well, for me, that just means that there's trauma. And as you start to do this work, more will come into the awareness. It's kind of like those layers. And, and so you put down, you work on the memories that you do have, and then more will come into the awareness. You can guarantee, cause I was one of those people. I couldn't remember anything. Well, my mom was severely traumatized. So, of course, when you grow up in that kind of environment, there's trauma. And I'm not talking about war, although war could be, you know, very much. And, you know, working with people in Central and Eastern Europe, Ukraine, and, you know, like I was there in 2019. And so it's crazy to, you know, to have my students that are literally running from the land. Well, of course, that's a huge trauma. But we we really are talking about the stress of the daily life. Whatever you spin your wheels about, whatever you secretly suffer about and you don't talk about it, it's like the pebble in your shoe. Well, a pebble in your shoe is going to create a little blister at some point. And so whatever that is, the, it spins in our psyche. And then ultimately our automatic brain, which is responsible to keep us alive from moment to mo moment, says, you know... You need a little turbo function to help you with this. So let us take it out of the psyche and download it into your body according to how you feel right now. And that is when a cancer or, or an illness, it doesn't matter what it is. It could even be a behavior. You know, I was just talking to with one of my students and, and it's every day, like all these things. And I get so excited about it. So one of the people that I have working with me now, she was asking me, hey, what about growing pains? My son is having so many growing pains. Well, they're from Poland and mom and dad were born around the martial law time. And both of their dads had to go to into the military in the middle of the night. They were taken. So he has leg pains that are super painful. Plus, there was a grandfather that died in the church. Well, waist down is related to mom. 
So Mother Church and running away and moving forward. And so just having this little mini conversation, she's like, oh, my gosh, I know what I have to do. And so she was going to go to work. And so I have a feeling that her son's not going to have growing pains much longer. <laughs> that, that is so cool. So you, you can then work on uh, on your children. Absolutely. There's so much power and it's all about energy because whatever we feel gets stuck in our cells. And so our children, even though we could have completely resolved our conflict, if our child is swimming in that for nine months and, you know, you've resolved your problem for whatever reason, that's imprinted into baby and baby will live that out, trying to make it better for mom and dad. And so, so it's all about the energy. And so we, we tell people that they can talk to their picture while they sleep. It's really getting in touch with the emotion. So, so if there was a lot of pain during this 18 months before that child was born or that first year of life or a combination, you know, like when you're living with your in-laws or you're building a house or there's so much stress. So the child will grow up and they'll carry that stress. Don't worry, mom. I got this. Like my, my ex-husband and I, when we had our third child, he was very stressed about finances, very, very stressed, even though we were mostly okay. And it was my third baby. So no big deal. You know, well, we'll figure it out. He was very stressed. My third son grew up and he's an accountant. (laughs) So I thought I'd released him for certain things, but you know, he's an accountant. So, (laughs) so it works like that. So how and and when you then work on it, I mean, for the child, I mean, you 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 see then you you've seen results in the child, you've seen changes Absolutely. in the child. It's it is really is phenomenal. So one, so as an example, I was working with a woman who had eczema, and uh, she had head to toe eczema, and it developed right after the birth of her daughter, and so she had had it for about four years, and so as we started building the puzzle. We, I learned that during the pregnancy, her father, who had been estranged from the family because he had, he was an alcoholic and he had come to her and he said, honey, I'm so sorry for what I did to you and your mom. And I really want to be a part of this baby's life. And so will you forgive me? Well, mama got really upset about it. And she she said, how could you befriend your dad? Well, a child always wants to be with mom and dad. I mean, that is how they exist. So, of course, they love both mom and dad. And so she so there was kind of this, you know, funky stuff going on. And so after baby was born, that's when she developed the eczema. So we call this a recovery phase of a simple separation. In the conflict itself, oftentimes, and this happens with cancer as well, you don't see it. There's no symptoms. But after you have resolved your problem, that is when the symptoms can come to the surface. And so that with eczema, during the simple separation, the brain is sending a message to microulcerate the skin, the ectodermic tissue. And then after it's resolved, the brain says, well, we got to fill that in. So that's when it gets itchy and it's kind of scabby. That's why. So it's over. And she also told me that her husband had cheated on her during the pregnancy and they went to therapy. They, you know, they figured it all out. It was, it was, you know, they were, they were doing great. And, and this was four years later, but as an invisible loyalty, I just said, um, 
So what's it like for your daughter and your husband? Oh my gosh. She said, she doesn't like her dad. She won't let him hold her. She won't let him kiss her. It's really challenging. So I told her, look, get in touch with how you felt at the time. All that pain, all that sadness, that grief that you had during that time and talk to her either while she sleeps or to her picture with that same emotion and let her know. So this was a circumstances. This is mommy's issue is not yours and you're carrying it for me, but you don't have to carry it for me anymore. I released you to be the little girl and ultimately the woman that God intended you to be. And so she did that. And we only had one other session. She was 80% clear on her body. And she said, but the most magnificent thing is that my daughter, let me give you an example. She loves her dad now. It's so crazy. And she said, last night I was tucking her into bed and I said, I love you, honey. And she said, I love daddy. And so, and so I like to share that story because it's so, you know, it's so poignant. And literally when you find that root, it transforms it right away. So you don't have to wait. You don't have to see some people will ask me, how many times do I have to do it? Well, if you don't see any results, you keep going until you find the root and it finally is resolved. And so you have, I mean, you have so many children dealing with things like leukemia, for instance. I mean, it, it's a, I mean, what is, is, is there certain kind of for different types of cancer, different types of locations? I mean, are, are there, does that give a, a parent a clue or an individual a clue? Absolutely. So that's a great question because the child, like I said, the child will take on the secret suffering of the parents because if mom and dad aren't there, then the child can't exist. So even with our animals, it's kind of the same way. So if mom and dad don't feed the animals, if they don't, if they're not there for the children. So it's like this automatic download that happens in our children. I'm from California. So I call it like the kind of like the epicenter of the earthquake. And then it's the, the, uh, you know, the, the shock is felt out for miles. Well, that can be downloaded into the baby. So a leukemia it actually is a recovery phase. Uh, and I know that it's serious. So when I say recovery phase, it can be quite serious, including cancers. And, you know, sometimes people die during that. But if you become aware of it, then that really can create such a different space where people can heal. And so leukemia has to do with not being able to protect my family. And so there was a story in one of the one of the the uh, people that we worked with that above there was there was the Armenian genocide and the great grandma had gotten uh, murdered by, you know, this happening. And then one of the children that lined up with her. So she was a number one and this child was a number four leukemia. So it was in link with that way later because there was other stories and now it's finally resolved and the family is protected and, you know, the, that. And so once you bring that into the awareness, then it doesn't have to continue to go forward. There's awareness, the body can let it go. And so the child can heal really well. 
And so, because you also mentioned kind of generationally, so it, it can then be then several generations prior to, I mean, you have the, you know, the, the mom and dad and, and their relationship that the, the 18 months you were talking about, and then also events, you know, that take place in, in that initial cycle, but then also the generational. So let's, let's say a uh, Holocaust survivor, you know, and then several generations later, you know, can then develop things like cancer or other diseases, you know, just because of that trauma. Absolutely. So I worked with a woman that had an anaphylactic shock when she was in the dentist chair with the gas and she lined up. I don't remember exactly what her birth order number was, but she lined up also. She carried the same name as a great aunt who was in the gas chambers. And so, so an allergy is related to separation. So the separation was here, but now there's a a reunification and the brain has recorded that the gas is that reunification. So it's tricky finding allergies, but that is how. And so it's based on our birth order number. It's based on our name. And we look at the, you know, the, the level at which the person is and then parents, grandparents and great grandparents. So we look at four generations and if it happens in one, it's probably happened in a lot more than one generation, but that, you know, if you don't, and, and if you don't know, it's totally okay because history repeats itself. So my mom, we didn't really know a lot of information about her family because she was given up for adoption, but now there's four generations beneath her. So my children, you know, for us and then our children and our children are having children. And so there are four generations now. Yeah. So you can kind of read the patterns that way. And, and so talk to me then a little bit, you know, cause they're depending on where the location is and, you know, different traumas in, in regards to cancer. So, you know, things like breast cancer is common. I mean, what, what would you relate to that? I mean, to me, breasts are like nurturing organs. And I know right side means something, left side means something. And, and Absolutely. So we look at the, the breast as a, a nest conflict. So related to what's going on in the home, real, imaginary, symbolic, and virtual. So the home can even be the people that we work with. And so, and, you know, in, we have interductal breast cancer, which is one tissue. There's uh, adenocarcinoma, which is usually the milk gland. So that's a different tissue. So we really look at the diagnosis to lead the way. And so, and if a person is right-handed or left-handed, it does make a difference. And so we use all the details as much as possible to build this picture. My mentor is French Canadian and he says, we are like Sherlock Holmes. We are looking for the puzzle pieces. And so, so if a person has feeling separated with their husband, their husband is, has cheated on them and then he comes back and he says, I'm so sorry. And that is when, you know, depending on how long the conflict lasted, how big it was, is to the degree to which our body will take it on. And so the longer we suffer, the more that our body will take over. The brain says too much, downloads it into the body. And so in this particular case, the duct of the breast. And so at that moment, because it's ectodermic tissue, it would micro ulcerate. So technically, there's more space to give more powerful milk to bring my husband into my fold. 
same with children, you know, grandchildren, animals, however that person feels can be that way. Or if there's a drama within the nest, like an adenocarcinoma, during the conflict active, the, it would be a building of the endodermic tissue or the, 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 the old mesodermic tissue. So for instance, one of my clients who had an adenocarcinoma, her, her, she was held at gunpoint and, and then her daughter was raped in her household and that created the adenocarcinoma. It was a drama within the nest. And we say with breast cancer, the key word is inconceivable. So what is inconceivable in that person's life is going to lead the way with what happens in, in the breasts. So as someone then becomes aware of these of these things, uh, how how does that change then the physiological manifestation? Well, sometimes just in the the awareness, that can be enough for the brain to say, okay, I don't need this anymore, and it can heal. And in some cases, that person is already healing. That the the stress is over there. It's not now. It's it's done and it's resolved itself. So just by bringing that into the awareness, it can help. I had a woman that had a breast cancer, and she did a lot of work. and And the conflict was that she was a she was a minister at a church, and there was some funky stuff, and somebody did something, and she ended up getting, you know, getting the boot and getting kicked out of the church. And it was a really big stress for her. And it was mother church. And so she was, she was definitely separated. And so she went through a lot with her body and she did a lot of work and she, she came to a lot of forgiveness. She still had surgery because she was bleeding a lot and it was very, you know, it was very serious. But by the time they did the surgery, there was no cancer cells. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, yeah. So even though, I mean, it, and, and that's the thing you, you, you do the medical treatments and you do, you know, even nutritional and all these things. And, and if you don't resolve, you know, the driving forces, then it just keeps on driving and keeps on manifesting. And, uh, and if you don't listen to the message the first time, then the message got to be stronger and clearer the second time. And, mm -hmm. and so it, it keeps on giving that way. And when you've been diagnosed, also, we have to kind of unpack the bag about that, too. Whatever that person is feeling, we call this a diagnosis conflict, because if they think that they're going to die, oh, that creates a whole nother thing. And that's sometimes the cause of metastasis. Dr. Hammer said that when the, that really that that 80, 90 percent of the metastasis has to do with the diagnosis itself. Not that it just spreads willy nilly, but there's this fear or they feel devalued or even attacked by the cancer. And so that causes another, another, you know, a, a, a growth in another place or micro ulceration in another place. And and then you have doctors saying, well, if you don't do this, you're going to die in three months. And, yeah. and they, they yeah, become, and like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And I was like, Hey, cancer is not a death sentence. And the more you know, the more that you step out of that fear and worry and just understand that your body 
really wants to keep you alive. And even though a cancer is created, if you if people begin to look at it more like a turbo function to get you through that big stress, it's super helpful. I had a guy who had a pancreatic cancer and he he would do imagery and he's like, yeah, Michelle, I saw that tumor. And he was from the military and and those airplane fighters, they were they were bombing it and they were getting rid of it. And, and I said, dude, it, that is your own body. It created it to help you to get through in pancreas, you know, issues around disgust because the pancreas is the most uh, powerful. It's, it creates the most powerful enzymes to break down the morsel that we can't digest. And so he had all the stuff around his father, the name of his father and pan meaning bread and creus meaning belief. And so we, we look at these literal meanings and the things that our body does. And so after he, he's, he ended up naming the tumor and then becoming friends so that it could actually go away. And uh, he lived a lot like I think they gave him like two or three months and he ended up living for another 10 or 11 years and died of something different so it was you know so when you bring that into the awareness you give yourself time you allow yourself that you're not in a fight mode there's not a hurry it takes a um, takes a while to create certain things as you know and so it takes time to really address all of these and then looking under every every stone and every you know just like all the nooks and crannies of our life that's so fascinating um, there's so many young young men getting colorectal cancer i mean talk to me a little bit about that kind of what 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 does that represent sure so so the colon is the last place that we hold on in our body so the brain has only itself to and so if we're having issues with not being able to let go that is where it's going to to happen where the the brain will hold on to that we had a guy that had a colorectal cancer and he, so we asked him, you know, he was diagnosed, he was 68 at the time that we started working with him, but at 66 is when he was diagnosed. And so we asked him, hey, what happened the year before? And so he's like, oh, my, my partner died. And it was a really big stress for me. And I still pay for the apartment that, that the partner partner was living so that I could just even have a glimpse of, of being with them. Then he said, and so then we kept going, well, what happened right before that? Another, my best friend died. And so it was like all of these things. And then we looked at half his age. Well, at half his age, he was in Paris and he decided he was homosexual and he decided that he was going to come out to his mom. He had been super embarrassed and shameful about it. And he just he he was very much in love with somebody. And so he called his mom and he's like, Mom, I have something to tell you. And, you know, I know you're not going to like it. And she's like, oh, no problem. After he tells her everything. Oh, no problem. And then um, he, she said, but you should never have intercourse through the rectum so every time he was with another man he would think about what his mom would had said and his mom died shortly thereafter so he felt guilty he felt devalued and so the rectum has to do with um our identity 
And so as we made him talk about it, and really it is in the talking because we spin our wheels and we just keep it in. As long as you brush it under the carpet and try to keep going and you keep it inside, then your brain, if you don't give issue to it, it will stay in your tissues. If you give it issue, it gets out of your tissues. So we made him process and he was, he's totally fine. And, you know, just, just really dealing with that, writing letters and, and then Dr. Emoto, do you know Dr. Emoto's work? So he discovered that when a person had a colorectal cancer, if they listen to the the song by Andrea Bocelli and Sarah Brightman, it's time to say goodbye. It's speaking to both sides of the brain and the body can heal and let it go. And we found many times that when that happens, people heal of IBS, people heal of, you know, all kinds of Crohn's and different kinds of, of, you know, these kinds of issues just by listening to constipation. It's the best song, just having in your bathroom, like, you know, playing it. It's time to say goodbye. And, and so that allows the body to, to release and let go. That's fast. That, that is so cool. <laughs> That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So like you're saying, hold, holding on. Yeah. So time to say goodbye. Then you're kind of, it's time to let go and, and not hold on anymore. Right. Right. So, so how, how, cause are there ways that you can kind of, cause this energy is kind of stored in the body. Are there ways to, in addition to awareness? I mean, here you're saying listening to song. You also had writing letter. Are there ways to kind of, get this out of your body to well as soon as you start talking about it like and literally talking about it not just journaling journaling is great then then read it out loud so that your brain can you know let it go um we do some eft the emotional freedom technique and just tapping we call it the butterfly hug and so we might say like even though i'm so angry about that i love and accept myself i forgive myself from the bottom of my heart because i'm always doing the best i can with the resources that i that i have and i choose to let this go so that i can live my life to the fullest and a deep cleansing breath and then, you know, it's just energy work. And then we talk to the children's pictures. We, we, uh, Dr. Sabak created one that was called the small property. And it's literally like, as our brain speaks in symbolic language. So it says, I was a small property ravaged by a storm. And what that means is that you're a little baby brought into a world of unfinished business of our parents. And today the fine weather has returned. So I'm 56 years old. I don't have to carry it for the rest of my life, nor do I have to die for it. The forest and river have become calm. The forest is your ancestors. The river is your mama. The house is vibrant and shines in the sun. The house is your body and it shines under the divine light. You know, the divine father and also the earthly father, symbolic of the sun. The field is returning to its order, health and beauty. The field is our body and whatever it is that our body has, it did this to help us to get through these conflicts. So thank you to my disease organs, you know, and thank you. So thank you to the cancer. I, I literally have people touch their breast or their thyroid or whatever it might be. Thank you for what you have done to save my life. And thank you to myself for doing my healing work. So simple tools, but it's not easy work and it takes time and, you know, for to bring up and, you know, like I'll have clients that will say, I'm never forgiving so-and-so. And so it's okay. 
So we have to find a way. And so what we say is like, okay, let's help you to come to peace with certain things and process it until you can actually forgive and move on. But we know people who have said, oh, I forgave them a a long time ago and they're full of anger, so angry about the situation. And especially when you're Christian or you have a, a spiritual belief that is all about forgiveness. And so I remind people, you know, Jesus, he was angry sometimes. And and so he, you know, he threw a fit in his father's house when people were selling things. And so, so we really have to walk through the anger sometimes, and then we can come to peace. And, and most of the time we're justified in our anger. And yet people gaslight us and people won't, you know, acknowledge what they did. And, and that's really tough because justified anger it will kill us, not that other person. And so for the brain, the other person doesn't exist. So it has only itself to work with. And so I ask people, if you're if you're willing to die for that anger, have at it. But if you're not willing to, let's figure out a way to help you to process it and come to peace. I love it. I love it. Do you have, I heard a story and that you did. It's a gentleman uh, about with melanoma in in the eye. I would love for you to kind of tell that story. That was, yes, that was so cool. It was it was actually a woman, and oh. she yes, it was a woman, and uh, she had a melanoma of the eye, and the melanoma is related to the old brain, the cerebellum. The cerebellum is responsible for uh, protection and integrity. And so, so, and so a melanoma when it's, it's, it's dark in color. So we often ask like, how did you feel soiled? You know, how did you feel unprotected? And so in her first, in this first cycle, she and her husband had saved all this money and they were, they were, they lived in Florida and they, they had this land and they were going to build a house. But her family went and and they were like kind of nickeling. Oh, we need money for this and we need money for that. And she was slowly giving them all the money that they had saved up for. And so she didn't tell her husband. She felt terrible about lying to her husband. And the money was dwindling, dwindling as these people were taking advantage of them. And then in there was something in the cycle before about one, uh, you know, like her, I think it was just, I think that was the, in that cycle before is she was married and her husband was an alcoholic and he ended up playing Russian roulette with her and he, he pointed the gun. He, he did the, you know, it was a pistol and he, he shot it. And so the brain in its wisdom will create a shield in order for her to not see it. And in the same time, right around that time, they went to a a party and they were separated and she went into the bathroom and like he was there at the party. She went into the bathroom through the bedroom. He followed her in and he raped her in the bathroom with all her friends in the other room listening and not doing anything for her. And then in the previous cycle before that, there was something about abuse that she wasn't protected. I don't remember exactly the story, but just bringing all of those things into the awareness that allowed for the eye to be able to heal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What a powerful story. And I mean, how horrific having gone through that. But I mean, that's sad to say, I mean, these are the things that are happening. And and 
you know, the event in itself is is hard enough, and then to you know deal with cancer as a result is is additionally hard. So then try mm-hmm. to figure out how can I forgive this person or how can I resolve this and not hold that anger towards somebody that did such a horrific thing. Right, exactly. And so, so I like to tell people, you know, the karma bus is sitting out in front of their house and you don't have to worry because you know, what goes around comes around. And so it may not be right now. That has helped me so much to kind of let go of certain things because really that key about justified anger it really is so important that, you know, you really are justified a lot of times in the anger, but for the brain, it will just download it into your liver, you know, with anger or wherever it might be. If it's an injustice, it might be thyroid, you know, so, so we look at very specific, specific emotions, specific illness. I love it. Well, Dr. Michelle Dawson, this, this was amazing. So incredible and such a powerful tool for people to utilize to, can I, uh, to analyze, I mean, just like you, you do with the, ter- the terrain that we do, the nutritional and toxic terrain, you know, you got to do the same thing with emotions and traumas and events and, and to help to kind of clear out the charges that, that they hold and, uh, and how they are stored in the body. So it's, this is amazing. You're doing an incredible work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. It's teamwork, right? It is <laughs> teamwork. Awesome. And, and that's that's what it is. I mean, each person can't do it all. And so yeah. that's why we 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 have you know people that are you know there's specialists in their field and then to bring them all together, you know, depending on what, what an individual is dealing with is, is so important. Absolutely. So right. so thank you and it's been an honor. Thank you. So- The information this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. If you'd like to know more about what my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Please join us next week for another live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer on Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.